This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we've had a great morning this morning. We're glad that you're here today. We're having fun redeeming the cup. Now listen, if you didn't get your cup this morning, when you came through the door, or you didn't get it last week, you need to get one of these cups before you leave. It's simple. Somebody came in last week. It was one of, the, one of their, their brand new to War Hill, and, and we gave them the cup, told them to put their name on it, and they were like, what are they going to do with the cup? Three people walked in and said, I'll take Diet Coke in mine. Come on now. And my favorite one was when I was standing right back there. A little college girl comes through the door, and I just somebody was asking about it, and I said to her, I said, I said, well, let's just ask you, what do you do when you go to a party and somebody hands you one of these cups? With fear in her eyes, she said, I asked for water, Pastor. I asked for water. <laughs> Come on. Amen. How I many of you understand a lot of people, particularly in the Abba House, Waypoint, different ministries around, some of their problems started with somebody handing one of these cups at them. And uh, so we're redeeming the cup. And what we're doing uh, this month, and we're testing it out here, and if it does really well, we're going to take it across the city. But um, what we're doing this month is we're asking you to take one of these cups, fill it full of change, and then it, not a dime of it comes to War Hill. It's all going to help people get delivered from uh, addiction of alcohol and drugs. And Come on, amen. Amen. And I say, Pastor John, why do you keep saying this? Because you need to understand it includes you. Uh, less than half of our congregation, if they will participate, okay? We know a tremendous amount of them are children, but children are some of the ones leading doing this. About 40% of our congregation, which is 709 people, okay? 709 people, if they will participate, it's over $30,000. So it, it, it just, just, I mean, one, one cup. Come on, amen. God's doing miracles with this, I'm telling you. We had a miracle of multiplication happen in my house over this. I took my cup in, set it down, started filling it up. When I came back, I'd love to tell you it had run, run over, but it hadn't. There were two more cups, my wife and my daughter, sitting right beside my cup. Come on. And, uh, and so we filled those up also. But uh, uh, why don't we just ask God to open the word to us today and bless this time as well. Father, thank you for everybody you brought here today. God, you're speaking to us through this series, and you're going to help us work together. And there are going to be family members of people that are here that are going to be delivered. Lord, we're asking you for your favor and your goodness to fall upon us. God, open this word to us today. God, you see my, my own personal issues that are screaming at me today. God, I thank you that your word applies on both sides of this pulpit. We thank you for your favor. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, know God's good. Amen. Amen. Psalms 116.13. Uh, we're going to be bringing you a message today called the Cup of Deliverance. And this, is the, the, this is the series passage I want you to memorize during uh, this series. It says this, I will lift up, help me with this, lift up the cup of salvation. I will do what? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. God has been so good to us that he has allowed us to come and drink from a cup that that 
by all means, we shouldn't have a part with. But God came and extended it beyond the Jewish people He had chosen to the Gentile people, that's us, so that we might know Christ. Now, what we're also receiving in that cup that He's given us to drink from is the ability to drink from all the promises He gave His children. And in Exodus chapter 6, we find the four cups of promise. The four cups of promise that every Passover, the children of Israel take a time during the meal, the Seder supper there, they take a, a, during the Seder meal and they, they drink from a cup of promise and remember each one of these promises. And I want to go over those with you. We'll go over last week's, this week's, and then we'll see the next two to come. Uh, in Exodus chapter 6, beginning in verse number 6, it reads like this, Therefore, say to the people of Israel, tell God's people this. I thought that's amazing. He said, I am the Lord. Promise one, I will free you from your oppression. Promise two, and I will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. That's the second cup. I will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. Third cup, I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I'm excited about getting to that cup next week. And then finally, the fourth cup just gets, uh, it fires me up. I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God. Isn't that awesome? That God says, I've chosen you and you've chosen me. A lot of people might claim a God, but our God claims us. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt. Then you're going to know what God is doing for you or has done for you. So today, we come to the second cup. Now let's review last week's cup just briefly. The first cup says, I will deliver you out of your oppression. And last week we talked about the cup of sanctification. The cup of sanctification is the cup that says, I don't have to be perfect, I just have to be set aside. Okay? Sanctified means I'm set aside. I'm pulled aside unto God. Now this is the way that we described it last week, those big cups like you get, the big gulp cups that everybody fights over in my house. I've found there's only one other cup that my kids would prefer. You know, I don't know why, but we had a couple of uh, like crystal stem, you know, wine-like looking glasses, and, and we always put them way back in the cabinet because you really didn't want to use them. They would break easy. But I don't know why every one of my children preferred to drink their milk out of those every morning, it seemed like. And they would reach way back in those cabinets, and we'd say, but you've got to understand that's not what that's for. That's for, for special times. That's for a different time than this. And so uh, we'd say, you know, here you need to drink out of one of the normal cups. Uh, and, and they never really understood that those were set aside. Now here's what we learned last week. That God has set us aside through salvation. We're not perfect, but He calls us His own. And He has a purpose for all of us. Can I get an amen for that? That God has a purpose that's beyond anything you could have imagined. And so we drink from the cup of salvation. But then what comes next? What comes next? And we talked about the cycle last week of God's goodness. That, that God finds us, God delivers us, and then we start sipping on yesterday's cups again. And we end up back where we were and God comes and chases after us again and restores us and renews us and we do good for a while until we sip on yesterday's cup again. Well, this cup, the second cup, is designed to break that pattern. And I want to read to you what Exodus 6.6 6 says about the second cup. It says, I will rescue you from your slavery. I will rescue you from your slavery. I want you to think about that for just a moment. Now the children of Israel 
have gone to sleep a slave or gone into their homes that evening. They probably didn't sleep with a death angel passing over, but they've, they have gone into the night a slave. In the night, under the blood, and there's, there's significance, but under the blood, they are transitioned from slave to free. Okay? So they went to bed one way and woke up another. How many of you are thankful that when we came to an altar or we raised our hand and prayed a prayer of confession, we might have come one way, but we stepped out another way, born by the blood of Jesus Christ? Amen. But here's what I want you to get. I want you to get this, okay? Here's the problem. The problem is this. All they knew how to be were slaves. They had been a slave their entire life. As long as they could remember, they had been a slave. As a matter of fact, it was 400 years of slavery, so not only had they been a slave, but their parents had been a slave their entire life. Their parents' parents had been a slave their entire life. Their parents' parents' parents had been a slave their entire life. And if a 48-year generational period out of 400 years, that's many, many parent-parent-parent-parent situations that all their family had ever known was slavery. They didn't know how to be free. They didn't know how to do something different. And imagine one night you go to bed, a slave, the next morning you're waking up, you're free. Not only are you free, but your parents are free. As a matter of fact, your 400 closest, uh, 4 million closest relatives are all free. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to live. You don't know how to walk in this freedom. All you know is you found something that you didn't earn on your own and God gave it to you. And now you don't know what to do with where you are. You go, Pastor Don, that sounds strange. Well, let's just say it this way. In the United States of America, we have a great, great criminal uh, system that, that incarcerates a huge amount of our population. In that system, 50%, I want you to get this, 50% of people who do not have someone help them with their situation, 50% will return to prison within three years. Three years. They will reoffend. Why? It's basic human nature. Because they had to develop habits to survive within that system, those habits became the place that they became safe in those habits. In one of the most unbelievable, awful situations that you could have ever imagined, they have learned to somehow survive, listen to me, by falling into those habits. And when problems come, what happens in life is they fall back into the habits that made them feel safe. And when they fall back into the habits that make them feel safe, the habits they picked up when they weren't free. I'm preaching truth now. They fall back to that place and they don't know how to stay free because they keep going back to the habits of their slavery. Now this may not make sense to you, but it makes a lot of sense to me from this side of the pulpit saying that I see a lot of people, they come to Jesus Christ and they find Christ and and they're so excited because they were lost and now they're, come help me now, they were what? They were lost, but now they're found. And now that they're found, all of a sudden they find something and they realize I don't know how to live free because I've always known bondage. My mama knew bondage. My grandmama, granddaddy, come on now, new bondage. This one new bondage and this one new bondage. And as long as my family has lived, they've lived in this bondage. And I want to walk in the freedom that God's given me, but I don't know how to live there yet. I don't know how to live free. I don't know how to, how to walk free. But that's exactly what this second cup is addressing. What God says is this. God says, I will rescue you from your slavery. 
Now, when he said in the first cup, I will deliver you from your oppression, doesn't that sound like he was bringing them out of their slavery? What that was saying was this. He said it over and again. I will rescue from the oppression of Egypt. I will bring you out of Egypt. But listen to what he says in the second cup. I want you to get this. He says, I will get Egypt out of you. He said, the first cup got you from where you were to where you are. But now I'm going to start working inside of you and and help you not bring where you were into where I brought you. To help you not live like you used to live, but now live in a better place. I'm going to get Egypt out of you. I'm going to help you find freedom, which is true for us today. We can be free spiritually, committed to following Jesus, and yet we still act like slaves to our old habits and our sinful behaviors. Can I get an amen? amen? I told the first service that this sermon must not have been for them because I couldn't pry an amen out of them preaching about their sins. Come on, amen. But I think God's come to speak to us today. You see, they were still acting like slaves because they were still thinking like slaves. Many people who are on their way to heaven are still struggling with messed up thinking because they're struggling with sinful habits, secret addictions, and sinful attitudes. And just like the Israelites, we need to drink from the cup of deliverance. I want to tell you, deliverance is different than salvation. Okay? Salvation happens in an instance. Okay? But deliverance is a process. I want you to get this. Salvation comes when you trust in Jesus Christ. That simple. Deliverance comes when you learn the truth about where you're supposed to walk. And you see, when you get delivered, when you look at the cup you used to drink from, you go, I'm not drinking from that anymore. Maybe maybe I'll give you an illustration from my life that'll help you with this. We grew up in a little place. I grew up on Buford Highway, but before that, the first few years of my life, where my parents were from, a little place that today looks like it hasn't changed much in the last... 150 years. I still remember when we came to the big city of Norcross and, and, and they had such a thing as Mexican food and we thought we died and went to heaven. Come on now, man. I mean, it was awesome. And we started when we had two restaurants, a catfish house and, a, and an ice cream place. That was all we had. And, and we didn't understand any of that. But when we grew up, you know, poor on the farm and it just, it was a, uh, my grandfather was a hog farmer up there and one was a sharecropper. And, and so, you know, this is just my family. And, and so when we go back to see what we call Grandma Allen, our Grandma Allen, we go back to see her. We wanted one thing every time we walked through the doors. I mean, every time we walked through the doors, we'd say, if she didn't have a chocolate cake, we always asked for this. And this is what we'd say. We'd say, Grandma, you make us a sandwich. And my grandmother would always make us a sandwich. And it can, this is what the sandwich consisted of. She'd get that you know white flimsy bread and lay it down, and then she'd take the gift from God above called Duke's mayonnaise. Come on, amen. All right. And she'd smear it on there. Amen, amen. I got some saved people in the room. Amen. And, uh, and she'd smear it on there. And then she'd set this little can down and pop the top on the can, and there was this gelatinous meat mixture. How many know what I'm talking about? Can I get an amen? And this gelatinous meat mixture, and she would take that mystery meat, come on now, and spread it all over that in that mayonnaise and mush them together. And my brother and I, we would sit there and, can we have another? 
I mean, I can still see the table. I can see the cabinets behind me. When I remember one day, I was probably nine or ten years old, and she'd left the can sitting there and told me basically at that point to make it ourselves, and I flipped the can around (laughs) and just started reading the ingredients. Oh. I somehow felt wronged in life. (laughs) You've been feeding me what? (laughs) She said, honey, you're not going to eat your sandwich? I said, no, (laughs) ma'am. I have to this day never popped the top on one of those ever again. Come on now. (laughs) Why? Because I read what was in the container, and I won't put that in my body anymore. It was an enlightenment that caused me to see it for what it was. And when I saw it for what it is, come on now, I didn't want to put it inside of me anymore. And that's what God's trying to talk to us about today. That deliverance is when you come to the enlightenment to understand you were not created to drink out of that that shame. You were not created to drink out of that, that bitterness. You were not created to drink from that bar anymore. You were not created to drink from those drugs anymore. You were not created to drink from that pornography anymore. You were not created to drink from that hate anymore. You were created to taste and see that the Lord is good and lift up the cup of salvation. Come on now. Amen. That's what you were created for. That's what God has called us to. And it's the enlightenment of knowing better. See, some of you thought, well, that's just the way it is. Everybody I know got a divorce. Everybody in my family got a divorce. Well, so what? It's time for you to trust God, plant your feet on the promises of God, and say, we're not going to drink from that cup in this generation nor the next. It stops here. Amen. I know I said this last week, but I'm just going to say it again because it's the truth. I, you know what? I, am, I, am, I remember my drunk uncles and their abuse every single weekend against my family. I remember standing on the porch and my, my alcoholic grandfather trying to cause a problem and my mama crying and my daddy cried and said, we love you, but you don't bring that stuff around my children anymore. I remember what it's like to hear the stories of generation after generation after generations of bondage and addiction. But then I have told you what I've grown up in. I've grown up in a home that walked to an altar and gave their life to Jesus Christ and started drinking from the new wine of the Holy Spirit of God. And and I've been free. Come on now. I don't even know what it tastes like. I don't even know what it feels like because of what Jesus did in my family. See, when you change your cup, it changes the future cups of your family. Because the cup of deliverance closes the door on yesterday once and for all. Because you're tired of going back. You're tired of that. And you may not understand this yet, but you can. There's some things God's delivered me from, and whenever I see them, and I, I, I'm not going to drink that. I don't want that in my life. Do you know what causes you to settle for that brokenness? It's because you're broken. And you're wounded. And you see, struggles, sinful habits, and bad attitudes, and all those things really take root in, in are grounded where you're wounded. And that's why you keep going back to the dirty cup. It's because every time somebody pokes at your wound, you go back to what used to satisfy it. And God wants to heal you and deliver you. But you're going to have to be made whole. You know, in mathematics, there's a word for this. And the word is integer. Integer. Integer is from the same root word as 
integrity. Both of them mean one thing, wholeness. You can't be an integer if you're a fraction. You have to be whole. You cannot have integrity if you're not operating whole. See, sin erodes integrity. Sin robs you of being complete. Jesus came to seek that which was lost and make it complete. And that's us. To restore us into the right fellowship. To bring us to the place that God has called us to be. And I know how you feel. You say, Pastor Donna, I want to be free. I, I know where God's moved me. I know who I am. I know what God's called me to do. And I want to live in this freedom. But, but you, you sound like the Apostle Paul and sound like me. And this is what the Apostle Paul said in Romans 7. He said this in verse 21. He said this. He said, so I find this law uh, at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. How many of you understand that inside of you, you're like, yes, we're going to win. Come on now. You leave here after this service and you're like, whoo, I'm going to be whole. I'm going to be free. I'm not drinking that nasty stuff anymore. Come on. But then, verse 23 I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? God, I need you to do something in me. God, I need you to help me because I want to do right, but I find myself doing wrong. And I think what we're saying there is the very key. If we want to drink from the cup of deliverance, the very first step is we've got to desire God's intervention in our lives. Because we have to allow God to work in our beliefs. We have to allow God to change our attitudes. How many of you have ever gotten in trouble because of a bad attitude? And not just with your mama. Come on now. I've watched kids have trouble with their mama, then have trouble with their teachers, and then mama shows up and wonders why they're now having trouble with the law. And I always hung that, hum that song, I fought the law. Anyways, let's go on. <laughs> so we have to allow God to work in that place, in our beliefs, in our attitudes, in our habits. We have to let God begin to move there. But where we don't allow God to, to move is usually a wounded place that builds an addiction. Whereas you don't allow God to move in your life, to work in you, that's where addiction takes root. Now, most of you know the big addictions. Alcoholism, drug addiction, illicit activity addiction. There's a whole lot of addictions. Let's just define addiction, okay? Addiction is anything we, that we don't want to do, but we can't stop doing. Now, some of you are not, not getting it, but addiction is anything we, we don't want to do, but we can't stop doing. We understand alcoholism and drug addiction. So what about workaholic? Shopaholic? I'm a confessed chocoholic. <laughs> Come on now, you may look at me like you want, but some of you cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I can see it in your eyes. (laughs) 
Sorry, that was good. <laughs> Some of the young people are like, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, what's that about? Listen to me. I get it. Shopaholic becomes your identity. Workaholic, it all becomes your identity. And the problem is you don't know what to do about it. But you've got to understand that every addiction comes from the enemy because he's trying to help you cover a place of pain. And the enemy has one goal, it's John 10.10, to kill, steal, and destroy. And those wounds in your life, you go, Pastor, I'm not wounded, nobody ever hurt me. Well, wounds are negative events that have happened to us. Are you hearing me? And so what God wants you to do is drink from the cup of deliverance. So how do you access the cup of deliverance? And this is not the fun part. Are you ready for this? The cup of deliverance is accessed through confession. Confession. Some of you are going, where's the priest? No, you have but one mediator, and that's Christ. Most of us like to pray our sinful prayers like this. God, forgive me of my sins I committed today. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of you are like, well, I don't want to stay there all night. Well, stop acting the way you're acting. You won't have to. I mean, that's true. That's one thing to say, Father, forgive me if I have any sin. If I have any sin, you know you have sin in your life. How about, forgive me for how I lied today. Forgive me for hating my neighbor today. Forgive me because I know I'm going to hate him tomorrow. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> what I'm... My wife says he has issues. Come on now. This is what I want you to get. When you confess to God, you're getting real with God. That's where 1 John 1, 9 comes from. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. Come on now. And to purify us from all unrighteousness. That's when you get honest with God. And you say, God... I need you to forgive me. And let me tell you what the next step normally is. After you get honest with God and you keep struggling, do you know what the next step normally is? you got to get honest with somebody else. James 5.16 says it this way. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Where do addiction settle? Wounds. Confess your sins to one another that, that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. You see, confessing to God takes care of the past. But confessing to each other, to another person, helps it not happen again. Am I preaching truth? You see, when you look at each other and you say, all right, I, this is what I'm struggling with. Now be careful. Don't go find the person who told you somebody else's stuff. Because if they told you somebody else's stuff, they're going to tell somebody else your stuff. But find the person you can trust. Find the person who's been that way. And you can come together. You see, what I found about the cup of deliverance is it's a community cup. Does that make anybody else's skin crawl? I don't like to share a cup with anybody. One of the great joys of my life is when my little grandson climbs up in my arms because normally he wants everybody but me. But he climbs up in my arms and if I've got one of these cups in my hands, I can tell you he does not want me. He wants what's in the cup. 
And the moment his fingers go inside that cup, or the moment he tips that, it is now his. (laughs) Come on now. I even crawling all over the floor. Don't you love it when you have a friend who thinks you're close enough to, oh, man, just give me a drink. I'm like, it's yours now. Take it with you. Because if I'm going to share a cup with you, I want you to fill out an application that tells me the last 12 shots you had and why you needed them. (laughs) Come on. What does this have to do with things spiritual? Because I know what some of you needed shots for. And I don't know what this person's going through, but I know you do. And they can drink from the cup of deliverance that God brought into your life. I don't know how to help in this situation, but that person does. And so I can I want to connect you because the cup of deliverance is, is community. It's when you say, if God can do this to me, he can do it for you. God can bring me through. You see, that's the only way we're going to make it through the blood of the Lamb, Revelation 12, 11, and the word of our testimony. That's how we're going to get there. You see, most of you just want to change your behavior. And if I can straighten myself up enough, then I'll be okay. But the problem is, if you just change your behavior, your heart is still wounded. And when somebody pushes the right buttons, you'll find yourself slipping back. I know this is going to sound silly, but you know, there was one of my addictions was I, I'd gotten so addicted to a certain game on my phone. Anytime I was bored in a meeting, I was like, yeah, God loves you. Anytime that I was frustrated playing that game. So about a year ago, I deleted the game from my phone. Last Sunday, I thought, let's see how I'm doing with this game. And I've had a really decent week. I got beat several times, but I've had a good week. But guess what? I don't want to go back. So I've been really watching that. I'm like, God, have you changed me enough that I, I, I've really dealt with some things this year. I'm trying to be more forward about some things and honest about what I'm feeling with people and not just internalizing it. And so I wanted to know if I was going to retreat into the game or, or where. And, and you see, just getting rid of the game wasn't enough. I had to have a change. I needed God to do something in me. We need changed hearts, not just changed behavior. We need God to change who we are. Because when God changes who we are by the drinking from the cup of deliverance, He's changed our position, and now He's taking Egypt out of us. We realize that when we have a changed heart, we have a better life. I want you to stand with me in this place. There's a passage in Hebrews, and I'm not going to take enough time to read this today. I just want to quote it to you real briefly. It says this, God says, when I made the covenant in Exodus 6 with them, I wrote this laws for them under this old covenant so that they could follow those laws. And he said, and they abandoned those laws. He said, but when I make a new covenant, and do you remember what covenants were sealed with? Covenants were sealed with cups, cups. Covenants were sealed with cups. They would come and they would drink from the wine and exchange the bread and walk through the blood. But the last thing there was they drank from that cup together. That was the sealing of the covenant. And when they came to that place, he said, they abandoned it. He said, but I'm going to make a new covenant with you. And this new covenant is not going to be an outward set of rules to live by, but I'm going to write it on your heart. And I'm going to write it on your mind. 
And you're going to be so changed that your friends are not going to need to ask what or who did this to you. They're going to know that God's working on your behalf because of what I do inside of you. And so God's called us here today because I believe some of you really want to stop what you're doing because you really are thankful for where God has brought you. But you need to drink from that cup of deliverance. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now. Thank you.